If you look at the technological advancements over recent years, our devices have become smaller, faster, and more powerful than ever by extreme amounts. Just about everyone you see today will have a smartphone, a device that allows you to contact people across the globe, access information from the expansive internet, or just relax on the myriad of phone applications that cover just about any possible topic, all while fitting in your front pocket. These are just a few properties of one modern-day device, a device seemingly impossible 50 years ago. But this is just one example of an electronic device that has vastly improved over recent years. But if you look at any of them, they have all improved by massive amounts. Our televisions now run 4K picture quality. Our computers are more powerful and faster than ever, with quantum computers outputting speeds thousands of times faster than a normal computer. So how is this all possible? What has caused these massive advancements in our electronic devices? If you look at the technological boom in the last 50 years, there has to be something causing it. Of course there is. And, as Dr. Simmons put it plainly, the transistor is single-handedly responsible for the technological revolution of the last 50 years. So what is a transistor and why is it so important? A transistor is a simple semiconductor amplifier which forms the basis of every modern electronic circuit. Every iPad, iPod, iPhone, and iBook literally contains billions of transistors. That is right, that small iPhone that sits in your pocket contains billions of one semiconducting device. We have semiconductors in every modern circuit, and they are responsible for all the modern electronic devices we have today. But what is a semiconductor, and why is it so important? To define a semiconductor, you need to also understand what a conductor is and what an insulator is. This is seen by looking at the word semiconductor itself. The Greek word root semi means half, so just by looking at the word semiconductor, it portrays itself as half a conductor and the other half being an insulator. This is a good start to think of a semiconductor as half conductor and half insulator, but in reality, a semiconductor is sometimes a conductor and sometimes an insulator. So what is a conductor and what is an insulator? A conductor is a solid material in which the Fermi level lies in the middle of a band. An insulator is a solid material that has a large energy gap between the valence and conduction bands and a Fermi level that is in the gap between the bands. Now a semiconductor is a material with the same basic structure to that of an insulator but a much smaller energy gap. Now, unless you have delved into the realm of quantum physics, you probably did not understand any of those definitions. To fully understand those definitions, or those materials rather, you would need to study up on quantum physics, but for a more general definition that is not needed. To get a basic understanding of a semiconductor, I need to generalize a few topics from quantum physics, the first being the idea of quantization. Quantization is the idea that not every value of something is allowed. In our case, we will be talking about energy quantization. Say for, a for our semiconductor, an energy value of 1 and 3 is allowed, but 2 is not. An electron can have an energy value of 1 or 3, but the electron cannot have an energy value of 2. This comes up in the formation of bands. Bands are just the allowed energy states in the material. For example, say a material can have in any energy value between 1 and 2 and between 3 and 4. Every possible energy value between 1 and 2 will form a band, as well as every energy value between 3 and 4 
Therefore, a band is just a range of allowed energies of an electron in a material. Now a gap is just the energy values in between the bands. In the example I just gave, the gap would be all the energy values between 2 and 3. Finally, to complete this general explanation of a semiconductor, you need to know what is meant by Fermi level. The Fermi level is an energy level of a material where at absolute zero, which is zero Kelvin, or negative 273 degrees Celsius, all the electron states below the Fermi level are filled, and all the electron states above the Fermi level are empty. So basically, at absolute zero, all the electrons are below the Fermi level. For a material to conduct electricity, an electron has to be above the Fermi level, which is why the location of the Fermi level with respect to the bands and gaps defines the material. For a semiconductor, the Fermi level lies within a small gap. This means it starts out as an insulator until enough energy is added for the electrons to jump the gap into a band where it then becomes a conductor. Alright, with a brief understanding of how semiconductors work, you can start to understand why they are important. As I mentioned previously, the transistor started a technological revolution. For example, Intel estimates that about 10 quintillion transistors ship every year. That is equal to 10 billion shipments of a billion transistors, or simply a lot. The simple fact is, today's electronics are not possible without semiconductors, and this is a very active area of research today. About $450 billion were spent in 2018 on electronics. With this huge presence of electronics everywhere today, semiconductors have to be of the utmost importance. In fact, the single most important invention of the 20th century was the transistor. If you look at historical inventions, like the printing press or the steam engines, inventions that transformed the world and then look at the transistor, the same thing happened, the world was transformed. Transistors are now in just about any electronic circuit today, from switching circuits, amplifier circuits, to current source circuits, power supply circuits, or really just about any circuit imaginable. You could talk forever on transistors with how much they are used and how important they are, but that is just one semiconductor device. There are many others, each with interesting properties that can be utilized. To look further into other semiconductor devices and their important properties that make them useful in our everyday life, I turned to a research group out of Boise State University led by Dr. Simmons. In his lab, he uses a method called molecular beam epitaxy, or MBE for short. For simplicity, it is a machine that grows really pure semiconducting crystals. One of the interesting topics of research from this group comes from an article published by Katie Sauter, one of Dr. Simmons' PhD students. She looked at how the band structure of germanium changed when she added tensile strain to the germanium bonds. And what I mean by tensile strain is stretching the atoms apart. This caused germanium to turn from an indirect bandgap semiconductor to a direct bandgap semiconductor and even to a semi-metal under enough strain. 
Now, semiconductors with a direct band gap are very important for devices like lasers, LEDs, or high-efficiency solar cells, versus an indirect band gap semiconductor, which are useful for devices like processors, transistors, photodetectors, or just standard solar cells. If we look, each type of semiconductor has its own uses, but the ability for a material to be either expands the applications of that material. For instance, perhaps a germanium solar cell is being made. The manufacturer can just add strain to the germanium, thus turning it into a direct band gap semiconductor, and thus turning the solar cell into a high efficiency solar cell. This is a really useful discovery because it shows the ability to tune the band gap of a common semiconductor. If we have the ability to make the band gap of common semiconductors like germanium to be whatever we want, it opens up doors to new devices or to simply improve our current devices. Another piece of research coming from this group comes from Kevin Vallejo, another one of Dr. Simmons' PhD students. He was able to grow very high quality smooth indium arsenide semiconducting material using MBE. These smooth films of indium arsenide have optimal optic quality and opens up opportunities for research into other semiconductors based on these films. One such area could be further research into bettering solar cells. Solar cells depend completely on light or the optical properties of the material it's made of because a solar cell's whole purpose is to take the energy from the incoming light of the sun and turn it into electricity. If you are able to fine-tune a material to have its optimal optic properties, this means you can use them to optimize solar cells or just simply other devices that depend on light. By finding the perfect conditions to create these smooth films of indium arsenide, we can improve any optical devices already utilizing indium arsenide or just create new ones to improve on overall our modern devices. These are just two examples of the expansive research in semiconductors, but really there is no limit. If we want to continue improving on or making new electronic devices, semiconductors are the answer. Well, hopefully now you have a basic understanding of what semiconductors are and why they are so important to everyday life because they define all our electronic devices and are so prudent today. They may be a complicated topic covered in quantum physics, but like it or not, your life is majorly influenced by them and they have been used to transform the world. Thank you.